0: He likes his big original blocks and trading blocks. Barack Obama. I'm going to (laughs) really lay into him today. Ladies and gentlemen, here we go once again, another episode of the Tom, Dick and Hyman Show. Start the band! (laughs) Joining Hyman and myself this week... Once again, we're being joined by Tim.
1: Hello, is that it? Is that what that's you're that's say? all for now. That's, it? that's okay.
0: all for now. Oh, you are you saving it up?
1: Uh, no, I'm eating a uh, Jaffa cake.
2: Oh, okay, I was looking forward to some really interesting adjectives later. We've interrupted. We've interrupted Tim eating his Jaffa cake. This his quality time. I mean, this is more his cannon fodder for later topics about labour, Jaffa, Israel. All right, Hi, Mo.
1: Yeah, making the link to boycott the. Jaffa cakes. Is yeah. that what you're trying to tell we're me boycott
2: Jaffa
0: cakes. <laughs> you're getting them in before you no, really have to boycott. No, them. No, <laughs> I wouldn't bu- boycott Jaffa cakes if they were like you know made in North Korea. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Tom Dick and Hyman Show, episode twelve. <laughs> Woo! Coming up this week, uh, Obama visited the UK last week, didn't he? Yeah, he, uh, he rustled a lot of Brexit feathers, didn't he? Well, is that the right phrase? Rustled a lot of Brexits. He rustled some. Is it
2: rustled jimmies? <laughs> <Ginny's? laughs> Rustling a lot of brexits kind of sounds like an old measurement
0: scheme. Like I like it, six hands of a horse. Because I got it right. I think it's rustled jimmies and ruffled feathers, isn't it?
2: Yeah, to ruffle fellas Yeah, fellas Yeah, to ruffle fellas and feathers.
0: He rustled some Brexit feathers. Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, he, he was coming over. I mean, what
0: was his uh, main point to come over? Just to basically issue a warning to the British public. So we'll get into that a in little bit. Coming up later in the show, Labour's problem with anti-Semitism I'm imagine Hyman's gonna have a lot to say on that one for obvious reasons. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, finishing up with the review of Captain America's Civil War. But first Okay, so Obama, he came over last week. I think this was a planned visit. I don't think he um I don't think he and David Cameron got together in the last couple of weeks to say, look, Obama, you brought listen, bud, you've got some credibility. You've still got some decent favorability ratings. You've got to come over here and help a me out. Bit of cachet. Let me use that. Oh, come on, Baz. Come Baz. on, Barry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know, sometimes I don't. I don't call him President Obama. I, I refer to him as President Obama because what he wants to do is come over here and just make everyone bend over and take it. He thinks that no matter what he says goes, and it's it's ridiculous. He's a lame duck president anyway, and
0: he's he hasn't been that much of a lame duck though. He's got. A let me of things, finish my now. rant. Let me finish uh, my rant. Okay, uh, I feel the energy. Okay. Think of all the think stopping of stopping him before he gets racist. That's th- what sure. Think of all the the
1: British servicemen over the last you know 10, 15 years who have been Since obliterated, I, yeah. obliterated, yeah, doing America's favors. In the Middle East, yeah, they don't go to like France or Belgium first. with the country, it's, it's always us. It's always us in with the Americans, yeah. Vietnam was was the only war that, thankfully, we kept out of. If we'd have gone over, it, it would have been terrible. That, that aside, though, like I said, this country has made a lot of tangible sacrifices to America, and then to be told in very carefully planned English, because I don't think Americans use the word queue much.
0: Oh, we're going. They rather say forces, line. Uh, yeah. No, this is Ian Duncan Smith. I don't know someone who said theory. it. Yeah, but the fact that he wants to send us to the back of the queue. what is Obama actually come
1: over and say do as I say or I'm going to bend you over and fuck you my yeah. name is Barry Obama
0: he literally put a gun against David Cameron's head while bumming him <laughs> so Obama came over into the UK and he's rustled the jimmies of the Brexiters by um basically he's given the impression that the EU is far more important to America than Britain is and uh, he said quote in regards to a proposed well the Leave side it just they, they're saying oh we'll just do a bilateral trade deal with America we don't need to be part the EU. So Obama's come over and issued a warning saying that if you do that if Britain leaves the EU, Britain will go right back to the end of the queue in terms of negotiating trade deals and I believe he also says something to the effect of it would be 5 to 10 or a minimum of 10 years to work out a trade deal between each other, which I think is just ridiculous. That's plain nonsense, isn't it? So
1: everything gets reset back to zero. Especially when when countries like Australia and Canada have made their own trade agreements with America. I think in the case of Canada I think
0: it was 10 months. No, Australia
1: sorry. It was ten months, yeah. 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 How can Obama predict what the president in ten years, five years is going to do?
0: Bearing in mind, he's only president for, what, the next... Two days? Seven (laughs) months? (laughs) Not long, you know, not long. So, like, he's just just a complete cunt. But Obama's statement, it was taken as, like, a a threat. He was issuing a warning. Now, we'll hear what Obama says and listen to his tone and decide for yourselves if you think he was being threatening or not.
3: Voicing an opinion about what the United States is going to do... I figured you might want to hear from the President of the United States what I think the United States is going to do. Uh, And on that matter, for example, uh, I think it's fair to say that maybe some point down the line there might be a a U.K.-U.S. trade agreement, but it's not going to happen anytime soon because our focus is in negotiating with a
0: big bloc, the European Union, to get a trade agreement done. And U.K. is going to be in the back of the queue. Would you take that that was Obama was issuing a warning that he was, like, threatening Britain? I know, what do you reckon?
1: It was a warning. It was an either-or thing, wasn't it? It was, if this happens, this is going to happen.
0: Yeah, he didn't say it in an aggressive tone, though, is what I'm getting he at. He doesn't say anything in an aggressive tone, you
1: know. No, he, was, he, was... he, he, like, watches basketball at the same time as fucking ticking off drone strikes.
2: Look, I mean, it was very much, like, by just pure audio-wise, you can picture him just at the end of it, like, the upswinging vocal tick was yeah. kind of a shrug of the shoulder and you're like I'm not saying the cat's gonna die if you don't pay off this debt
0: <laughs> a bit like mafioso
2: yeah it, 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 a little bit like that but
1: <laughs> no but but the same thing about that about that raised inflection and, and tone of his voice is it's it's like that sort of questioning thing is when you sort of assume that you're more clever than someone else and you're sort of talking down to someone it's like you're questioning them like w- wh- why are you doing this are yeah, you, are you yeah, fucking yeah, stupid yeah, or something yeah. it had like that tone to it as but
2: well leaving that silence in the air so someone else has to fill it yeah. He, he's a masterful speaker.
0: But Obama uh, also said the following, uh, the UK is at its best when helping to lead a strong Europe. We've never led anything in Europe. Exactly. We've yeah. followed everything. There's We're, one country that leads Europe and it's Germany. It used to be uh, Germany, France and Germany. Yeah. Yeah. But these days it's just... It's I don't think just we've, just ever, we've, ever,
1: we've ever got... We've, we've never got one proposal through, have we? Nothing's ever... It's always been held back. And the interesting thing, I saw a very interesting speech that William Hay gave about two years ago in the Commons, which also concreted my views on staying in and out of Europe where he said basically any sort of um veto or changing current existing things, it's almost impossible
0: to do simply because oh, you've got this was the um, the red card. I think the so. red card system whereby if the EU Commission mm-hmm. push something forward, yes. You can, if you can convince enough other member states, yeah, to oppose it, yeah, yeah, you can block it, you can yeah. veto yeah. it. But I think yeah. you need over fifty-five percent, yeah, all the other yeah. member states, and, and it never happens. And, and, Statistically, it just never ever. Well, happens.
1: it never happens because a) you need to do it in a certain space of time, b) you need a certain amount of people. But the thing is, there's so many people, and all these different parliaments have different calendars; they have different holidays.
0: But Obama, in fairness to Obama, this isn't like a new stance he's adopted. So the brexiters who are getting really pissed off—they're really pissed off about this. They they should have seen this coming. Obama has always... Yeah, it's always, not a surprise. It's definitely not yeah, a surprise. <laughs> he's always been a fan of the supranational organisations like the UN, the EU, NATO. I mean, the reason for that is the fewer people Obama actually has to actively talk to, or just the president, mm. any future president as well, the fewer the people, that, the number of people they have to speak to, the better for them, the easier it is for them. So uh, with the yeah, EU, the great thing of, like, when Obama wants to talk to the EU, he only has to talk to us because we're in the EU. So he probably doesn't want to go around Spain, Portugal, Luxembourg, Belgium, what have you, talking to all these things. he'd rather just talk to one person, one phone number, one person to call in Britain, and then he gets to talk to the whole of the EU through that.
2: Yeah, but, I mean, I, but that, that's cheap. That's like going to Africa and going to that... Um, well, that's shoot, why that, we're trying to set up an African that, union. Yeah, no, the... The, the African coalition, the coalition of African countries,
0: yes, the African Union, that's what is we're it, trying to set up. We're trying to set up uh, the equivalent of the EU in Africa. I mean, there's something basically and, like that. And that's that why the, the EU is trying to get its own army now, probably just to defend put, itself from the Africans, no, to put <laughs> them all in Africa have, against the Chinese who have taken
1: over Africa at the moment for all its mineral resources.
0: So, as I say, the Brexiters, as I call them now, to, like to me, there's the go Brexiters on, on. and Bre- then there's Bre- Nigel Farage's Romanians. Right. <laughs> go on, break down what a Brexiter is, somebody who thinks Britain should leave should exit the eu i don't like the term i hate this kind of where did it come from then i didn't like grexit do you remember when the greeks were Uh, flirting with the idea they might leave the eu they called it grexit and so then britain had to be called brexit
1: and i think leave leaves a very emotive word as well you know because it implies like some sort of complete cultural social isolation from the continent that's only 22 miles away
0: i think boris johnson was the first person to express his anger at barack obama he did it in a very poor way though Clumsily is I think the clumsily is his very clumsy watchword, isn't it? Yeah. yeah it sums much. Boris up. He probably much, falls
1: yeah. down stairs every morning as soon as he wakes up.
0: God, just a, like, just, fact just to again. that Boris has slept with people. How clumsy is that? It's probably like you know the um <laughs> They're at the bottom of the stairs. Did you remember did you ever see like English <laughs> Another porn? maid... Did you ever see English porn in the seventies where it was all like they're just giggling all the time you know like the guy the milkman the confessions of a milkman oh, I was only oh, I was the, only the two stuff. I was
1: only about two in the seventies so yeah but they used to I didn't repeat see a lot this, of porn. <laughs> well, <it's laughs> all stuff on
0: a seven uh, <laughs> in the eighties <80s. laughs> But Boris said... um What's the quote? Well, he took real umbrage. Something about Kenya. So, basically, Boris's statement was based on this presumption that because Obama is part Kenyan, half Kenyan, what have you, Boris put out a theory, a thesis, that the reason Barack Obama doesn't particularly like Britain is because of Britain's imperialist, racist past. He based this on a story that came out when Obama was inaugurated back in 2008, 2009, where there was a Winston Churchill bust in the Oval office and uh, supposedly Barack Obama instructed that he wanted the bus to be removed and replaced with Abraham Lincoln and so Boris said oh yes it's his Kenyan heritage to paraphrase that's why he doesn't like Britain because Britain's imperialist racist past yeah.
1: I also heard, heard a story which might be hearsay that Obama's father got beaten up by a load of British soldiers in Kenya when he was a young man Ooh, I hadn't heard that one that aside it's, it, it can almost link into the whole um, Ken Livingston it, due is. is Thing. Yeah, we're going to link yeah, it later. Like, yeah. I know, but yeah, we'll link it later. But like sometimes, like even if you you might be t- technically correct in saying something, you just don't yeah. say it. You just it's impolite well, to say it. It'll is certain, it? You do know, you reckon there's when like- there's other arguments you could pick why pick that argument it's stupid it wasn't you go for facts don't you you don't want to go for
2: actual an emotionally charged argument
0: yeah but i think it's okay to speculate on things and i think it's wrong to suggest that any speculation that even touches on ethnicity or racial pasts anything like that like oh no that's not okay that's automatically racist I think No, think that's a no, bit too but, but, but yeah, what it does is it, it doesn't
2: like, move it doesn't move the point forward it yeah. keeps it uh, like a childish playground yeah, this kind of yeah. uh, this
0: pool of uh, you're saying it's like toxic fe- festering pool well, to maintain perspective it was one line out of a I think it was an article I'm not sure if it was in the sun maybe that's all it takes telegraph. though
1: in this world of instant soundbites it's all about the one lines man yeah, I should have well, known uh, better orchers, not, he's not uh, world leader material though is Boris can you imagine him mm. breaking some really bad news with his he has he, that man has no no ounce of gravitas and the more he tries the more ridiculous he sounds
0: uh, it's very sad very 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 sad when day. London gets nuked and Boris has to get, yeah, yeah, get yeah. dressed uh, to the yes. British public the remaining I was, I was very public. lucky to
1: be in um, Bristol this afternoon oh bloody, oh, bloody were, hell
0: what yeah. a sign. Whoa! did you, you see know, that bright light <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what I- so um Boris has been duly punished <laughs> for his Park Kenyan remarks uh, Boris, Boris, Boris is
1: a racist and he, he can't help it he can't help it He's from Somerset. What are you you going to do?
0: But he's been no-platformed as a result of his remark, his uh, Park Canyon remarks by King's College London. They've disinvited him from speaking. And he's the mayor of London. How can you say we're not going to (laughs) have the mayor of London speak? But Boris, he seems to have taken real offence to this notion that Obama took... The Winston Churchill bust out of the Oval Office, and he's he's interpreted that as Obama just doesn't like Britain anymore. But Obama,
1: the, Obama should have said, "Yeah, it's, it's in my fucking toilet now. I look at every morning." <laughs> you can almost
2: say like the, the last American president that was kind of an Anglophile it was Clinton. Um, George Bush was a George little Bush bit. Yeah, George fun. George Bush. Hmm wanted them but i would say i'm saying anglophile
0: mm, yeah because i yeah, mean yeah, 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 clinton yeah. went to college here thing is boris's uh story and about then, the winston churchill bust it turns out it's not actually really true i mean uh, he did move it out of the oval office yeah. but he put it into his own yeah. personal office yeah. i think on the second yeah. floor or something like that and he, See, he,
1: and he had the most fantastic unarguable replacement for it which was a bust of Martin Luther King, which no, is now Abraham, I it was
0: Abraham Lincoln. No, it's Martin Luther King,
1: I think. Isn't no, it's Abraham Lincoln. See, is it? I, I think he's got a bust of. I'm sure he's got. I think the tradition is it's a
2: head of state that you have. I'd respect a president that puts a bust of William Shakespeare in it that has the red button that takes him to the <laughs> Batcave. Yeah, that's a president I would
0: respect. Yeah. Mm, Do you it. guys agree with Boris that Obama has turned his back on Britain? That he doesn't like Britain anymore? I think Obama never had Britain's back.
1: Never. He's never had us in his best interest in... It.
0: Do you think, is Obama obliged to be fawning when it comes to uh, his view of Britain? Should he always bend over backwards to appease us?
1: I think um, Obama takes the view of, of England that a lot of Americans do. and They, they don't see it as some sort of power. power. They see it as a very sort of twee, almost like med- medieval amusement park. You know, a bit like a bit like a bit like america but with like bad teeth and
2: that's the thing like almost
1: with like say
2: like the old school nation states the only real reason you want your country to have power and this is this is just i'm just kind of like pontificating economically is so your currency has value and then you give that charge to your commerce your merchant class to actually have more power in in uh in in making deals i mean in in essence power is nationally, is a backward-thinking idea, but it's so linked up to the concept of a merchant class that is an international thing. Yeah, the it's, stronger it's, it's your odd.
0: economy, the more say you have yeah, on the world stage. Merchant, yeah. merchant but, class merchant. So merchant. I say
2: merchant class. You know what I mean when I say merchant yeah. Another
0: word is syndicate. But it to is. To bring this back to Obama, does Obama... Is he only speaking and acting really just in the self-interest of the United States of America? And is that how we should really be approaching... The interests of the United States of America and trans-global corporatism. Yeah, because when he says (laughs) Britain should stay a part of the EU, he said something to the effect that Britain was like a leading force in the EU, which is completely untrue. Yeah, But I think he's only speaking... He's obviously not saying what's in the best interest of Britain. He's saying what's in the best interests of Europe and of course what's in the best world interests peace, of Europe? world peace.
1: peace. Yeah, it's in the He 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 alluded to World War 2 and how the fact that because we've got an EU we've not had World War 3 and he yeah, also the, alluded first? he also alluded to him having a right he he believes that America had a has a right to say their opinion because of the sacrifices they made in World War 2. No,
0: he said basically um in a globalised world, what happens in one part of the world affects you as well, right? Mm. Now, Tim's hero, Nigel Farage, he's Saint, responded. Saint Nigel Farage, Farage or Farage? Which is actually the correct? He calls himself Farage, so I suppose it's Farage. Yeah, we should accept that. Do you park we, your or?
1: car in the? Where do you park your car?
0: In a garage not in the garage, garage.
1: You, but what you allude to is that's actually something David Cameron said in uh, the comments yeah, this week. he said um, oh Farage says his name in a Ponzi way
0: which it's is actually foreign." to call someone a ponce is actually quite a bad thing to to call someone because Nigel Farage is of course he's basically his party is the reason we're having this referendum yeah. so he's been asked what's your response to barack he, he's basically he's
1: basically hoping that we'll vote so he'll lose his job he wants he wants yeah, to make
0: him redundant yeah. yeah well let's listen to what farage has to say about obama obama of course wants us to be part of an eu
3: that does a TTIP deal, the Transatlantic Trade and Investment Partnership deal. we are on the cusp of that now. Yes, unfortunately they they are, yes. It's not a free trade agreement, it's a corporate stitch-up. It will allow giant American corporations to access and buy up chunks of the National Health Service. And I'm actually very against that, although generally I'm for the principle of free trade. When it comes, though, to negotiating a trade deal, how quickly would that happen then? I mean, the President of the United States says between five and ten years. Well, how fast would it be? The President of the United States spouts the same line that Mr Cameron spouts, up to 10 years to do a trade deal. Well, do you know what? The Australians did a trade deal with America, done and dusted in 10 months. And if countries like Oman can do a trade deal with America. You know, I mean, these arguments basically are saying Britain's too small, Britain's not good enough, Britain's not strong enough to make its way in the world, and frankly, I think its defeat is rubbish. It's not just Barack Obama, though, is it? I mean, Hillary Clinton, uh, in, very likely to be the, the candidate for the presidential uh, nomination. Uh, her advisers saying that uh, it is concurring with what Obama is saying. Well, that is the current view of the State Department uh, in Washington. Um, our friends in Washington do not want us to be an independent, self-governing democratic nation. Uh, They want us to be part of a political union in Europe. Well, who cares what they want? It doesn't matter. It's what we want, actually, that matters. And all over the world, there are countries, independent countries, like Switzerland, for example, who've got a a huge outreach of trade connections and deals all over the world. If they can do it, we can do even better.
0: Yeah, Nigel, you tell (laughs) them. So yeah, I think he's um, he gave the correct response there. Ignore it. Who cares what Obama thinks? Like it's not like Obama
1: even has a vote.
0: You know, and I think he alluded. It's, it's, it's like you said, it,
1: his party is the only reason that we're actually having a referendum. It's it's a miracle that we're having a referendum
0: at all. Well, I mean, it helps that the Tory party was split almost. Almost well, they said 50, that they 50 promised 50. it. They
1: promised it in their
0: Oh, They promised didn't it, it, it for decades. The yeah. Conservatives, yeah. but um, Farage. He alluded to uh, an argument I find quite interesting there. The Remain, the Romanians, they try to have it both ways, don't they? They try and say, on on the one hand, Britain's too small to exist outside of the EU. What do you mean, exist outside the EU? It'll still exist. As in, this be, uh, to economically prosper. But, yeah, to but, be viable in the grander scheme. Do you think there's a contradiction, though, in the sense that The Romanians, on the one hand, they're saying Britain's big enough to have a big influence within the EU. But is too small. Simultaneously, it's too small to exist outside of the EU. To me, that seems like a big contradiction. It's like they're trying to have it yeah. both ways. It's a contradiction
1: and and a denigration as well. So why, why why sell ourselves short and why believe other people when they say that we're not good enough?
0: But that's why it's a contradiction, though. We've ruled saying, this world once, we hey, can do it again. We're big and strong enough. <laughs> we're big and strong enough to reform the EU within, no, which is a, a fundamental misunderstanding of why this referendum like has come that. about, because we, we're having this referendum because we can't reform the we cannot stop no what the move towards ever closer union which is what, what? we don't want it's nobody been about, wants what, that thirty years and nothing's changed yeah well, it's been very slow incrementally heading towards quite a lot what of things we,
1: some some things have changed though not 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 in terms of us improving it but yeah. in in our country the EU's had a big effect on the sort of day to day life and the making yes, of really. society I'm, so I'm, really. I'm, I'm very I'm true. very happy to see Liverpool European City of the Year again
0: <laughs> no but that's what Tim said is not true.
1: You don't think you don't think we've
0: changed a lot because of Europe? No. What about all I the... think like if the EU Commission just tomorrow they decided to just cancel the whole European project, right? The average layman, the average Brit wouldn't notice. You know, the EU exists day to day and we don't even notice it. No, but that's not, that happens in general politics. The
2: average person doesn't notice it. That the idea of giving over your power to democratic government is to not worry about it and go work in the fields long enough because you know you're the king or the lord or something that will look after your area Mm.
0: yeah but i'm saying that's the general premise day to day uh, the eu doesn't do anything that actually affects your life not at the moment if you're in imports and exports is day to day is the eu going to affect you
1: i think there have been some like big societal changes because of our membership of the eu in the last 30 years on on a sort of day-to-day level we don't notice their influence so much although it is intertwine with most of our laws now but I think so. they don't make a big influence now but there's nothing to say that 20-30 years from now there could be huge, huge changes you know they could if there was an EU army they could have like mandatory conscription uh, One and,
0: day it could potentially yeah, could yeah happen yeah. yeah
1: and so and you know and if if you don't do what the EU says like you to could
0: earn your EU citizenship you have to yeah, do yeah. yeah your mandatory and, two years and that sort army. of thing
1: and there could be like an EU police and like if you don't join the army you'll get like hunted down and sent to a camp and
0: so it doesn't sound like a big
1: thing now but it could be twenty thirty years no, from that, now that, and, we, and we and we and we don't have any way out of it unless we have a vote.
2: That's dark reductive thinking and like they're going for the negative
0: on that. I'd have to stop you on that one there. Some people it, think an EU army would be positive though. Is Obama so, being a hypocrite here? Do you no, reckon he's, he's just
1: doing his job. He's just doing his job. But he's is doing he, what he's been taught. A
0: hypocrite about what? Is he a hypocrite in the sense that look, every head of state, they all like the idea of free trade. Nobody's against free trade. What they're mm. against is political union, right? Now Obama if the EU extended an invitation to the United States and said, hey, join the EU, mm-hmm. Obama would never accept it. He'd never say, yeah, sure, we'll join. Yeah, Especially but- if one of the um, prerequisites for joining was you give up a look, you siphon off a bit of sovereignty to the EU. He would never join under those circumstances. But, I mean, you could almost say, like, the America America is... It's a
2: different kettle of fish because it's America still has a shit ton of its own resources.
0: Still a superpower, the world's it, it, only
2: it's a it's a superpower, but it's also like you know, Russia. Russia doesn't do much with the EU. Yeah, because it's got its own there are large countries that still can dictate swings in on on the board. and they're the countries with natural resources. Europe had to shore itself up because it was running out of resources and was buying stuff in.
0: Yeah, and of course in Britain we're short on natural
2: resources compared to other countries. No, we're short on it, but we still have a shit tonne of it. It's just more expensive to dig it up than it is to buy it in.
0: Tim, do you think Obama's being a hypocrite at all here? No,
1: not at all. No. You know... All politicians are hypocrites. They they play both sides at the same time. It's 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 the name of the business. All he wants to do is 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 just maintain the status quo.
0: Yeah, but that's the thing with the EU, isn't it? There is no real status quo. It's ever changing. It's not a constant. Um. Well, okay. Yeah.
1: But what is it? I think it's continually evolving into a single super state corporate enterprise. It is evolving.
0: So even though I said that the um. The Brexit, the Leave campaign, they're really pissed off with Barack coming over here and basically just stating what his opinion is and probably being honest about it.
1: But I think he actually did them a favour.
0: This is the thing. Recent YouGov poll has suggested that Obama's visit has basically had no impact whatsoever. He hasn't changed anybody's minds. He hasn't changed anybody's opinion. So if you were definitely, you had your heart set on leaving, Obama's remark has had no impact on that. If you had your heart set on remaining in the EU, Obama's words have had no impact mm, on that either. Mm, Any, uh, you guys uh, got anything to say on that?
1: Not really, It's just about the EU in general, like, uh, honestly, I, I think if people w- still want to remain, they just, they just haven't looked into it enough.
0: I mean, this is a good time to announce that uh, we're planning out, well, I'm planning out what some of the episodes are going to be about in the coming months. And uh, June 18th, we're going to be recording an EU referendum special. Tim, hopefully you're going to be there, Hyman. Hopefully you've yeah. kept that day free. I'm going to try and keep it free, yeah. I'm going to try and get Anthony to call in on Skype. We're going we're gonna to sort it out. We're going to answer your questions, and we're going to get to the bottom. And we're going to tell you, we're going to threaten you, saturday, what way you should vote. We'll be sending you to the back
2: of the queue, yeah. so send us in your questions we're going to post it up on facebook on our twitter on our stitcher and our itunes i think we can do it yeah, email yeah? tdh.show
1: at gmail.com just write it on the bathroom wall in your local pub
0: exactly for a fun time tdh yeah at- capital letters T-D-H-S and then lowercase H-O-W if you want to get us on Twitter and of course our Facebook page all the links are on our SoundCloud page on the right hand side drop us a line A to tell us what you think and B get involved Yeah, ask us questions one of us is going to take your side if not we're all going to hate you let us know if you hate Barack Obama as much as Tim does and uh, coming up next Labour's problem with anti-Semitism in a moment We're back. In this segment, we're going to be talking about Labour Party and their uh, recent problems with anti-Semitism. So if you've been living under a rock, you probably wouldn't have heard the name Naz Shah, Labour MP for Bradford West, if I remember correctly. And she's a Nazi. Yeah, she's landed herself (laughs) in some hot water. That's why I don't invest in Bradford and Bingley. Yeah. Yeah, so about... Eight or nine months prior to her being elected an MP, she made a couple of Facebook posts, a couple of tweets that were arguably anti-Semitic. Do we have those tweets? She well, we can give you an overview, a couple of quotes. Uh, she suggested that Jews should be transported to the US and that basically Israel should be relocated in somewhere in the Midwest
1: as a f- as a solution, a final solution. Those were her words, and it was it was the choice of language which was. Yeah, transported. transported.
2: I can understand now why the Jews were wandering around uh, in the desert for 40 years after leaving Egypt. Because they were wandering around in the wrong place. They should have just moved to the Midwest. They would have found the Holy Land straight away. But no, they had to stick around the Middle
0: East and look for the Holy Land. should have used their advanced education to learn how to build a boat. In the desert. If Noah did it. uh side note i like that movie
2: what with russell crowe <laughs> yes All right. another
0: thing that Nas shah tweeted out or maybe it was a facebook post i can't remember but she said something along the lines of uh, oh yeah by the way everything hitler did was legal too in reference to israel's actions in palestine
1: oh that hitler guy's been having some really bad pr recently quick note being jewish doesn't mean you're zionist
2: not being and, no. and being Israeli doesn't mean you're Jewish. Israel has other religions in it as well. There are Arabs, there are Christians in Israel, yeah. Yeah,
0: there are. Alright. So first off, she's an idiot. <laughs> Second note, let's continue. Well that was her defense, wasn't it? That um she claimed there's a difference between anti-Semitism and anti-Zionism. But that's the thing. She
1: tried that's the thing, she tried to defend herself rather than just apologise and move on. It's like, if, if if you have a genuine grievance about an issue, you should choose your arguments very carefully. And yeah. you should choose an argument with the correct language that's going to get your point across, because your point will be lost if your argument inflames people, because they'll just be too too angry shouting about what you said rather than listening to what you said.
2: Quick question. As I said, I've been living under a rock, so I've only known a little bit of the subject. Was she coming up for a post of some sort, and this is why she came on the radar, or she's just always been
0: this vocal, yeah she's um basically coming from bradford which has my understanding is it's got a high uh there's a high percentage of pakistani muslims in bradford right Mm -hmm. and the kind of local politics of bradford is heavily centered around the israel-palestine conflict and so of course she's joining the debate in the most political way she can like anti-semitism a little bit of it is naturally going to come out of that Discussion. Do you know what I mean? Yeah,
2: yeah, no, but I mean, like, the, these these two quotes weren't uh, were 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 cherry picked out of the the general rhetoric that was coming out. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't like notice me now so you can vote for me type thing, or I'm going to get a, a seat on the council or something like that. So I've started a campaign, and this is where I'm going to. That's what I'm saying. Like, th- this is her norm. It's
1: she's definitely not, she's, not
0: out of the ordinary. No, she's okay, not cool. just
1: trying to score some jihad points. That's what. That's what I'm trying <laughs> to local go for. Musk. Yeah, so it's yeah, yeah. stupid language to use, but you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, so
2: well, in essence, so in essence, she's almost by this being going on, she's valid. She's been validated by the Labour government that
0: the problem I have with the oh, I'm not anti-Semitic, I'm just anti-Zionist. The problem I have of this argument is that. I I was going to say I've been involved in conspiracy theorist circles and it's not really true but I've dabbled with conspiracy like, theories. We've all, right? we've and all it's read it's very up very common. Them. It's very very common this. Oh no, I don't hate Jews. I just hate Zionists. And what I would always ask these people whenever they post a comment like that is, what percentage of Jews do you think are Zionists? And the response I always got was like, oh, probably over ninety percent. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, well, effectively, you do hate Jews, then, don't you? But i will <laughs> I no, it's <laughs> that
2: that type of argument is going like, you know what? I hate the war, but I support our troops. It's this, oh, this finesse of language of just kind of going, like, you disagree. You have to maybe disagree. You know, if you hate what the, the, the time the clock is showing, you also hate the cogs that are making the clock show that.
0: Yeah, I think to avoid any confusion, right, instead of saying you're anti-Zionist, now bearing in mind Zionism, being pro-Zionist, basically just means you think Jews should have a homeland, you think Israel should continue to exist. So to say you're anti-Zionist means you don't think the Jews should have a homeland, that Israel shouldn't continue to exist. Yeah, I mean,
1: but you get, you get like, I- extremities on both sides. And, like, an extreme Zionist will believe that they're, like, superior, you know, racially superior. It's a bit... Well, an like, an, an I don't know about that.
2: Technically, an extreme Zionist doesn't believe in the state of Israel. Wow. Because they believe God has to give uh. Jewish people the state Uh, and they're against a divine revelation they're against like the the
0: people creating a state because the word sorry sorry, that's a little side note i've noticed i've noticed the term zio z-i-o this has quickly become a euphemism for just jews really yeah i'm noticing this more and more on like i say it used to be the i'm not anti-semitic i'm just anti-zionism but they would still openly refer to israelis as jews but now they're calling them Zios. There's a sweet, sweet irony that Naz Shah has been accused of anti-Semitism. Because she's actually on the uh, Commons Home Affairs Select Committee, which is currently inducting an inquiry into the rise of anti-Semitism in the UK. Please, you, you uh, who hasn't
2: here read or listened to a debate where someone who is against global warming is on a science council of some sort?
0: Yeah. They, <laughs> are they just being fair and
2: balanced by having her on it i think she probably put herself forward for it just so she could have her say
0: on it are oh, you guys are you guys talking about jews literally i've got to be in on that i've got opinions on jews yeah. because
1: this, this story has really sort of created its own momentum now because not only has it affected naz shah the, the story sort of rolled on to ken limson and he's has broad in it i reckon it'll keep yeah, going like uh... Corbyn will probably come out next week it'll turn out he'll have like a fucking ss uniform and in his wardrobe
0: because <laughs> a journalist Corbyn is probably a massive
1: anti-semite like for real he I probably
0: is we'll come on to that in a sec but um, a journalist Look, approached because of his beard a journalist approached a spokesman official spokesman for Jeremy Corbyn's office right and he came out with a really weird kind of illogical claim here the spokesman said we're not suggesting she's anti-semitic we're saying she's made remarks that she doesn't actually agree with. And it's like, how can someone make a remark they don't agree with? They change their mind, I suppose. Or... How does I, that I work, used to though? be an anti-Semite, but I'm not anymore. Yeah, or... Until someone told me I was wrong. Yeah, basically, Or she's saying, she's saying something...
2: Or she's saying something where she's towing the line of something
0: but she's of really the Labour government,
2: but she doesn't want to say it.
0: Yeah, And they're not saying, yeah, actually the Labour Party is racist. Because yeah. once this came out, um, it was a website, do you know Guido Fawkes? Yeah, yeah yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was yeah. the one that exposed this. And um, she initially, she very swiftly resigned from her position as a uh, private secretary to John McDonnell, the shadow chancellor. yeah. But it didn't stop there. Guido kept finding new things that she said. And like one of her council appointees is very anti-Semitic as well. And so it wasn't enough for her to just resign from that position. And uh, she was basically, Jeremy Corbyn took a long time to respond to this. But when he did eventually respond, he said, yeah, her remarks are unacceptable. Blah, blah, blah. Usual kind of diplomatic spiel. And I- so Nashar was forced to make an apology in the uh, House of Commons. We're going to play a little bit of this. Now the press. One side of the press has taken this apology as like, oh my god, wow! Did you see? Did you see that really heartfelt, sincere apology she made? Who said that? Everyone's forgotten. Yeah, pretty much the Guardian, the Observer, what have you, mm-hmm. New Statesman, oh, and then the, the Guardian. I it, literally, the
2: older I get, the more I hate it. And yet, and yet, <laughs> it still has some great articles and certain things. Mm-hmm. So we still have to read it half the that time. photography. Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: We're going to listen to an excerpt of uh, Naz apology you guys decide for yourself whether you think this is actually heartfelt and sincere is it as sincere as Obama
3: I accept and understand that the words I used caused upset and hurt to the Jewish community and I deeply regret that anti-semitism is racism full stop as an MP I will do all, everything in my power to build relations between Muslims, Jews and people of different faiths and none I am grateful and very thankful for the support and advice I have received from many Jewish friends and colleagues advice I intend to act upon. I truly regret what I did. I did, and I hope, I sincerely hope that this house will accept my profound apology.
0: What do you think Tim? Do you think she was being earnest? I think I think she was
1: she was definitely going down the line of contrition. It was she wasn't trying to justify in any way what she said or try to a you know pro propagate an argument with better language she just said no I, I did something bad i was wrong and i'm sorry um which is why it was stupid of ken limston to come out and say well actually you know it's not racist to be uh anti-semitic you know yeah really you know he, 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 tried, to, he some... tried to he tried to he tried to defend her and he's fucked himself and it's bad for labor because he was he was going to help sadiq khan a lot in his um mayoral campaign he can't now i the backbone of her
2: argument
0: is i've got jewish friends as well not really she did i think she Copped up. She copped to the fact that what she did was wrong, and she didn't do yeah, the but non-apology she, with the uh, "oh, I'm sorry, you got upset." But she you know, didn't that re- non-apology. Yeah, she didn't mention Israel. She didn't, didn't mention didn't Israel, didn't
1: but, mention no, but Israel but then, or try to like you know justify why she was upset or had an issue. She just said she was wrong. So in that sense, she did the right thing. Yeah, I think but she just, recognised she did the best she could out of the bad situation. I mean, mentioned-
2: whatever she says is going to be, but they should suck just really hard with it, and and she's buggered for at least an election cycle. Yeah, yeah. Why yeah.
1: put? I mean, like that on facebook it's like it's like i've been saying today like if you have an argument if you think it's a justified argument yeah use use the right right form of attack
0: but Tim you were saying uh, cause you were saying Ken Livingston got involved in this one I mean it's really odd isn't it that yeah, almost he, at he, the exact same time she's apologising for saying something anti-Semitic Yeah.
1: well he, he he was on the phone to LBC radio's James O'Brien and he got he got ambushed on the stairs by
0: John Mann John Mann
1: was, yeah, yeah. Uh, but what was it Ken L. Livingston L. Sta- he did, this guy said. basically
0: just walked up to Ken
1: and said you're a Nazi yeah
0: but what was it that Ken Livingston said that Ken, prompted that Ken Livingston said that
1: Hitler was a Zionist. Yeah, Hitler, also Hitler, said... Hitler, Hitler, Hitler wanted there to be a homeland for the Jews and then yeah, he suddenly the woke ovens. up one
0: morning and changed his mind and bizarrely, said yeah, yeah bizarrely he said oh anti-semitism that's not a form of racism well yeah it kind of is Ken.
1: yeah it's confusing mm. because is it a religion is it a race it's, it's an ethnicity
0: there is it's an ethnicity Judaism the religion and there is yeah, the Jewish no, the ethnicity
1: but, but again but again if he, he, he spoke out because he wanted to defend his colleague but he's been saying these things for years actually and attending rallies they knew about it but I think he's he's finished now he's finished because you
0: said um, he, he put forward this claim that Hitler was pro Zionism
1: yeah but he
0: was mm.
1: Nice. Hitler said there was, uh, not Hitler, Livingston said, um, they both had moustaches at one point, but um, <laughs> Liv- Livingston referred to something called the Havara or Havan.
0: Havarian. Havana. Some, some He's document, describing Havana.
1: Which is probably is even historically inaccurate. You know, it's all bollocks.
0: Well, they did, the Nazis did uh, facilitate the emigration of German Jews to Palestine. Gonna throw down a history lesson yeah. on you. Quickly, just the reason oh, why okay. Jews are so overrepresented <laughs> in certain industries is mm. because there was a time that they were the only industries Jews were allowed to work in, so banking, Hollywood. Exactly. Being a Jew yeah, in the no, 1920s, no. there wasn't many jobs you could do. No, like you you look at Europe and like 16, uh,
2: onward, like the thing they were allowed to do, the only thing they were allowed to do was lend money because Christians usury. aren't allowed to lend uh-huh. to each Muslims, other. N- 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 a bit n- n- like in n- 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 n-
1: is- n- Islam, you're not allowed to charge interest, are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Usury. But you can use
2: a secondary person, and the Jews are allowed to do that. Jews aren't allowed to lend mm. to each other. In <laughs> and interest. how much
0: of the world. Christians now?
1: were allowed to lend to Jews. Yeah. but is, is that where the saying comes from? Pay your
0: Jews. No. Pay your Jews. <laughs> <laughs> Do you
1: think? I think that's good.
0: That's terrible and brilliant. It's time to pay the Jews.
1: That's where it comes from.
0: But to go back to what you were saying about Mm. Ken Livingston's claim that Hitler was pro-Zionism is clearly false. Hitler was not pro-Zionist. He didn't want Jews having their own homeland. He just wanted Jews out of Germany. It's an insane thing to even bring into the debate. You know,
1: what was he thinking?
0: I mean, so Labour are going to have a really hard time moving forward now in terms of trying to court votes from the Jewish community Aren't they? I don't want to get too conspiratorial, but it's almost
1: like it's like New Labour basically trying to get rid of the Corbyn mad left faction
0: again. You think Naz Shah was a setup? I don't know, but it'd, it'd be useful for the
1: more centre members of Labour. So mm. it's, maybe it's just a, a useful thing f- to happen for them.
0: Because I mean, you're a Jew last time I
1: checked. <laughs> How often do you have to check? Like, you know, well, you're To in touch be with to honest, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky. Every time I take a piss, I kinda, I'm pleasantly reminded. That's oh yeah, something my friend said once. He said, it isn't funny, the first thing you do when you wake... What's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? And people are like, oh, I brush my teeth, I get out of bed. And it's like, no. First thing you do when you wake up is you touch your, your, your junk. Are scratch you should, Every, ball, are every, are every you? man does. first thing. when You always wake up your hands on your balls. <laughs> yeah, women women rub their eyeballs.
2: We <laughs> scratch. <laughs> <laughs> really? First thing I do is, like, remove the underwear from my ass crack and I go like... Yeah, Yep, that rode up.
1: Oh, well, I sleep in the <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> Or a Spider-Man costume, depending.
0: <laughs> Depart- how excited you are for the movie. Yeah, But, I mean, look, yeah. is Edgeware ever going to vote Labour? Is Gold, Gold is Green ever going to vote Labour now?
2: No, because you've got third and fourth generation Jewish people who are ingrained in a middle-class society. You've got first and second generation Muslims still on the, la- uh, the Labour teat.
0: Because they feel like Labour is still a Labour-based government. Because around the turn of the millennium, that's when the left got into bed with Islam. Mm. And they did it, from my perspective, they did it purely because the hard left is very anti-American, very anti-West. And I think they found in the Muslim community kinship on Mm. that level. Oh you you don't like America we don't like America either. We should yeah we should totally work together. Oh British yeah. Council of Muslims, yeah you should get on board with our stop the war coalition. But I think it's it's come to that point now. This these are Naj Shah, Ken Livingston, these are those chickens coming home to roost. Getting into bed with Islam, the left getting into bed with Islam, I think was a massive mistake. Completely Just haram.
2: Th- not taking in the, the uh the baggage that come that came with it.
0: Just not recognizing that Islam is not a very left wing progressive religion. Why would you do it? I mean, the, the real, the wider fear here is that um, a um an academic, I can't remember exactly what field she worked in, but Hannah Arendt, I think that's how you pronounce her name, she, back in the 1960s, did a very in-depth study of totalitarianism. And one of the things she found is that in the early days, when you're heading towards totalitarianism, a rise in anti-Semitism usually marks the fact that that's what you're heading towards. And I think that's what the wider fear here is, is are we becoming too authoritarian? Are we becoming too divisive? And we're, we're putting people into these little demographics and then deciding we don't like those demographics. We're, we're, not, we're not united anymore. We're too divided. So, yeah, time will tell with Naz Shah, whether she has learnt her lesson or not. Anyway, enough of that segment. Coming up next. For the record, I'm not anti-Semitic. No one, no one buys that. coming up next but I'll give you a good price on it (laughs) our review of Captain America coming up next You chose the wrong side. And okay. we're back!
2: Alright, so we're gonna do movie talk. We're all mm. really excited about this. We all went to go see the Captain America movie, the third installment of the Marvel oeuvre. One could say. Is it like 27th
0: Marvel film?
2: Oh, no, it's not. It's not something like that. I mean, overall, yeah, including Blade in the original Spider-Man, <laughs> Spider-Man movies of the TV in the 70s, <laughs> which are great, by the way. They're oh, yeah. yeah. and brilliant. Spider-Man Strikes
0: Back, Spider-Man and the Dragon. Yeah, shot. The 1991 Captain America. Oh, hell yeah. Red Skull is Italian. <laughs> Where his uh, his ears were actually prosthetic. All right. So this movie came
2: out this week, I believe. Over here. Yeah. yeah. O- over here. No. They, they still
1: have to wait another week in America.
2: Yeah. Wow. A week early in America. That's patriotism for you. Yep. Directed by the Russo brothers, the guys that did the last one, The Winter Soldier, which I think unanimously we all agreed was very good. Yeah, it was good. A nice spy movie. It's got the, it's got some old cast coming back into the movie, like Robert Downey Jr. It's still got Chris Evans as uh, Captain America, and you've got Scarlett Johansson. Much wider role. M- really enjoyed her in this. And you had Don Cheadle brought into the fold. I love that. Mm. But then you've also got um, Anthony Mackey as the Falcon and Paul Rudd that came out of nowhere. Brilliant.
0: What's the basic outline of the plot of Captain America's Civil War, Homer? I mean? The world has had
2: enough of superpowers um, unsupervised. Enhanced humans. Enhanced humans, exactly, for copyright uh, reasons. You probably. can't say nope. And basically said, right. The UN wants people to, wants these superhumans to work for them, and it's, why though? Ah, because of all the previous battles and destroying of cities and the fallout from it. And this kind of gets the gets the irk of uh, Captain America, who says, "Is that really true freedom?" And on the other side of the uh, coin of that was Robbie Downey Jr. as Iron Man saying, "We've got to be beholden to something. We've got to have. There's got to be some sort of rudder on this."
0: Do you not think that seems a bit out of character? I would prior to this movie coming out, I would have presumed it would have been the other way around. I'd have presumed Captain America would have been the pro government supranational organizations like Obama. And I mean, Tony that,
2: Stark, the capitalist. If you if you're almost kind of shoehorning in a uh, forty years history of the characters in the comic books. So it's going against... it technically, yeah, you would imagine it goes against type on that way. But comically they, they, they do it try makes to sense they do
1: try to slip in a very short scene where um, uh, the mother of uh, someone who was killed confronts Tony Stark with a picture. And I think that explains a lot about his is sort of conversion to the I mean, side of registration. All, yeah. throughout, the,
2: all throughout the Marvel Captain movies... Captain America doesn't give a
1: damn, though, because he's like World War II vet. Yeah,
2: all throughout the Marvel movies, you could clearly see the one character that, harangued by the effect they've had, has been Tony Stark. He's the one that's almost had post-traumatic stress disorder throughout all the movies. So he, he's, Everyone else is almost water off a duck's back. He's the one mm. character that's affected by it most he's He's the the most human
0: almost he's the only one who seems to have gone through an arc so the avengers every time they save the world they end up killing a a number of innocents
2: yeah creating collateral damage there's no smoke without fire you you destroy a bad guy by smashing him against a building that wall that they smash him into maybe even load bearing so you
0: lose the building And I guess the argument is they don't have the authority of a nation state, an elected government.
2: No, no, they're, they're, they are based in America, but supposedly free to play wherever they want, saving us.
0: And so the UN, an international, supranational organization of uh, an international community, they yeah. come up with the what is it? Zicovia Sokovia Sokovia Accords? Accords, based
2: on the uh, that floating island from the Age of Ultron that got wrecked, completely destroyed. And it's basically, I mean, we're not going to get too deeply into it. There's a there's a discord between the two factions, and it turns out. Uh, the two factions being Captain America and Iron Man. Having oversight and not having so Freedom
0: to uh not lay out yeah, justice. Yeah, like Captain America, he revealed he played his libertarian card in this yeah? film. In prior films he's very loyal to the US government. In this he was No, do you know what I'm I'm libertarian. I just I want to be able to punch as many criminals and terrorists in the face as I want, and I don't want to ever have to file a report. Ah. To a central authority i
1: I do like the way though in in some of the earlier films they do elude they do allude to that rebellious streak of his like when he finds the um the hydra weapons on the shield Halley carrier in Avengers,
0: yeah, he goes uh, off on his own to, yeah, yeah yeah
1: so i like they they did have that little subtext about him he, he and also in the um Winter Soldier film, you know, he sort of goes against the government's wishes at first, even though he doesn't know the government are really Hydra. Yeah, that's That's of one weird. of the things I liked about the film though. It was it was a versus film, so you had two sides, but normally in this sort of film you we would we, we pick a side. But I found myself you know swinging from side to side understanding the arguments which is is great which is really enjoyable because at one point I was rooting for Iron Man then I'm rooting for Cap
2: okay so I think we should probably go around and uh, find out what we all thought and then
1: justify it Tim I thought it was um, a brilliant film it was really well put together very well made, well shot. The action was fantastic. Uh, the script was very good. Um, they made a complicated story easy to understand. Even though it it's a Captain America film, it felt more like um, an ensemble piece.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I very much enjoyed it as well, Tim. I I felt it was more like a hanging bridge, like. It had three like major action staples in the start, in the middle, and at the end. Mm. And the rest of the story hung comfortably between and it supported the uh, dialogue, the action, the
0: And it was mature dialogue story. as well, yeah. it wasn't... Okay, I'm going to, not completely, but I'm going to largely disagree with what Tim said. And to a certain extent with what Hyman said. I, I thought this was a rather boring film. I found the plot to be too convoluted and just downright boring but it was punctuated with good action scenes but they were good in the sense of how they were choreographed like the martial arts and it was very good especially for a western hollywood film the martial arts was really good one second but the um i disagree with tim on that it was well shot i don't think it was well shot at all i think it was way the cuts were way too quick you didn't feel any of the punches really landing because every time someone would land a kick it quickly cut to the other person that's flying the edi- 20 feet backwards. That's the, edi- that's the
1: editing, though. That's the editing, though. Yeah, I was, I think I was, it was talking more poorly. about just the way it's,
0: it's framed and, and shot. The way it was shot was beautiful. Way too much shaky cam for my liking. I can't... When you, when you do shaky cam in a fight scene, a fight scene is intense as it is Anyway, especially when they're doing some sorts of flying that much kicks, shaky cam. But the shaky cam—it uh, makes it so hard to tell who's actually yeah. punching who.
1: I didn't see that much. What, what, what's the worst? There was example? shaky cam
0: in every single fight scene. See, I, the thing I enjoyed about the fight scene, and what you may
2: not have appreciated, was that it felt scrappy. I didn't feel like these are gods fighting each yeah. other. I felt like these people are on the ground scrapping with each other. Yeah, and I, I enjoyed like, it. personally, story-wise and um, character-wise. I feel. This Marvel movie, and I, I, it built on the failings of Age of Ultron. Mm. And, but also from that, it didn't let go of this continued narrative thread that's running through. I felt like these characters are growing. Mm. I feel I know more
0: about these characters, but justified from where they came from previous movies. Because I think the, do you remember how comic book fans there used to be the usual complaint with a film adaptation of a comic book was that it wasn't it didn't follow the comic book closely mm-hmm. enough yes. and what i've noticed think- with comic book movies today there are not necessarily in jokes but there are references that only the people who closely follow the comics would know but i i would say that's not that's not an odd occurrence it's like having an adult
2: joke in a in a children's movie not everyone's gonna have to get the joke because it's not dependent on the story you're trying to appease one audience but not be beholden to it
0: yeah because the the comic book forgive the term the comic book nerds are nerd, out, yeah. they're outnumbered by the mainstream movie going audience it's why in batman versus Superman it's a bad
2: movie because it's trying to be beholden to or they retro oh. saying it's based Based on, oh, we want to appease the the true fan. and like, yeah. But that's not your audience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're not yeah. going to make your money yeah, on and that. And
0: further to what Cameron said in our review of mm. Batman vs. Superman, you had to have read most of the comics. Mm. You we would have to have read, and you would have had to have played the video game yeah. Justice. You, you would ha- have to have played that yeah, to know yeah, yeah. what was going yeah, on.
2: Yeah, you'd have to spend about twenty years studying the major tech.
0: Yeah, I think it's worth when you're going to a Marvel film now, you kind of almost have to refresh your memory of all the other Marvel films that have come mm. before because references are made to them. But that's, that's, I kind of respect that. That's
2: a great little marketing trick more than anything because you're keeping it in house.
0: Yeah, and it makes you feel like, oh, I can't miss one. Yeah. Then yeah, I might yeah, be, yeah, I'll yeah, be lost. Yeah, yeah.
1: But it's, but it's, but it also gives you a lot more of a, um, you invest a lot more emotionally in the characters when you've known them for longer as well, which is why for Civil War, it was like a lot more emotional harder hitting seeing you know Tony Stark and Steve Rogers you know Cap and Iron Man these two really you know they're obviously really good friends and like each other and to see them fall out in the film you know it was great um, to see how their relationship would change.
2: Yeah I mean we're not going to ruin it for you but basically one of the reasons Cap decides to fight on the side of uh, a more uh, individual is that his friend his colleague Bucky from the Winter Soldier is caught up in this
0: whole I think he was aware that Bucky would be on the un's hit list and that eventually there was a point where captain america said he made the argument of hey look i agree with the un right now right mm. but if i uh, if i hand over control of the avengers to the un what happens in maybe 10 15 years when the mm. un's agenda changes mm. just like the eu oh so <laughs> apt so apt what do you what did you make of uh the acting who do you who stood out for you as put, giving a good performance versus a bad performance you know who i
1: really enjoyed i really enjoyed the falcon character yeah, he was cool he did some great little things didn't he funny one-liners yeah
2: yeah i mean I, I did, it was brilliant
1: um not partner a sidekick i thought i thought paul rudd he, had, he only had a few lines of ant-man but he mm. was so funny he was so good, Paul Rudd. I made me want to watch Ant Man again, actually, because it was it was it was a really entertaining movie. I mean, hands down, I think we've danced around it. The Spider Man, Spider Man, Tom
0: Holland. What was his name? Tom
2: Holland, the English actor who was yeah. in uh, Almost Human, or no? Yeah,
1: but he looks and sounds like Spider Man should.
2: Yeah, it, it, it was it was and- handled perfectly. We didn't get a Spider Man origin. We got halfway through the story. Everyone knows this what it is, and we get. We get enough of understanding who the
0: character is to get yeah, his justification. it so familiar doing already yeah. anyway. Exactly, and it was played perfectly. I thought the best performance mm-hmm. was Chris Evans' Captain America. Yeah. I thought he carried this film yeah. in terms of acting, whereas Robert Downey Jr. was par for, par he for the He slinked in
2: and he slinked out. He played Tony Stark. He mm. yeah. wouldn't say phoned
1: it in, but no. he was comfortable in the role. Yeah, and I think His character didn't yeah. change a lot. There were no weak links. It, they've really cast these Marvel films well.
0: Scarlet Witch, I wasn't particularly impressed with in terms of acting ability. What's her name? Elizabeth Holden Olsen. the younger sister Olsen. of the Olsen twins. Yeah, yeah, Elizabeth Olsen. Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah, yeah I didn't. I know thought that. she was a bit
2: weak, to be honest. But she's always been played as a weak character. I mean, yeah, like mainly on no, two, mo- two
0: movies. I'm not saying her character was written as weak. I'm saying her performance. Well, I mean, first and foremost, her accent is pretty poor. Oh yeah, she slipped in and out of that accent. Mm. Yeah, it was and fun. secondly, I just don't think her facial expressions. I think she needs a better
1: costume that's slightly more re- revealing.
0: She's the only one wearing anything revealing.
1: But there were so many cool, just cool little bits in that film. It bits was, of action. It was fun. It was.
2: A, it was. It was a great action movie, yeah. and it was fun. Yeah, you, you can't ask more than that. I'm not. And we're, we're g- not. We're not talking world changing. You know, this reinvented cinema. Mm. This is fun. Yeah. Do you not feel well, like
0: got... they're trying to fit too much into two and a half hours? Because mm. of course, we also got the introduction of a new character, the Black Panther,
1: as well, T'Challa. who's, who's going to yeah. have his own film
0: series. And this is the path for the course of these films: is like two or three in. characters are introduced in each one. But it means like we're getting to the point now where the body, the main cast, but... is getting so big, it's hard to give a shit about but, all of them.
2: No, but that's the thing. I do. What I felt was they built. On top of what they failed in Age of Ultron, is they actually had enough reverence to the characters to allow them to play out. They didn't have, no one really had a major outstanding look at me, I'm gonna have this backstory and we're gonna, the camera's gonna hang on me
0: as I do these things. Like Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch in the last one. Yeah. I mean.
2: Exactly. Whereas this one, it just, it, it kind of almost danced between the characters and if you're paying attention and that's what you have to do in a movie you can't let it whitewash over you it held enough of your attention to kind of go like ah all right in about 20 minutes they're going to come
0: back to that with that character i mean a a continuing criticism i have of the marvel movie formula Mm. is they try and fit what is most what i'm guessing is maybe like seven or eight comic books into one film And there's a lot of content they're trying to pack in. And what it means is you end up with a film where the pacing is just kind of thrown to the wind. And it's just, right, rush, 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 get to the next scene. Okay, that scene's done. Quick, get to the next one. And you're never really given a chance to soak anything in. Because how many countries did they go to in this film? must have been about 12. At least that. At least that. And did you notice the Not um, the really massive font, the white font yeah, on yeah, the yeah, screen yeah, yeah. that took up ninety percent of the screen? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Normally, I saw it, it's a little I, bit. I saw at the bottom. it. I saw it in three D, and that, that
1: that font was completely out of the screen. And was everyone, it coming out? Yeah, like, and all the action sort of was happening behind. Okay, it. maybe that was why yeah. they did that. Right. I'd love to see it again, actually, just to oh. sort of soak up some of that action. But I
2: think, I think that's a good place to kind of go. Tim, would you watch it again? Would oh, you recommend it to someone?
1: I'd recommend it to definitely to f- fans of comic book films. And like I say, the thing is, y- having an, a foreknowledge of of the stories that have gone before would be helpful. Yeah, but I th- honestly think you could just walk in and, and enjoy it for the spectacle because it's action, but it's action really well done, and it it also you know, progresses the relationships between a lot of the, these characters who we've we've known for for three years now.
0: What did you think of the the switch in tones? It, I found it like a real roller coaster ride where it's 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 fun and bright, and then the next second it's really depressing and sad, and then bang, it's action. Mm. It was all over the place very very quickly. Comic book I, logic. <laughs> all right, final summation. Uh, in terms of in the context of, did you enjoy it, and would you recommend it to others?
1: I've really enjoyed it and I'd recommend it to anyone.
0: Nice.
2: <laughs> I think, hands down, it was a fun movie. It has a, rever- a, a reverence to the Captain America character who nowadays you can't behold as this statement, uh, status, uh, representative of a country anymore. He's more of a, a thought process, uh, almost a throwback thought process. And I, I, I enjoy what they're creating with him in the cinematic universe. And I enjoyed this movie because it had enough action in it, had enough character in it, and it had enough pacing to kind of know what's going to happen in the next panel. I want
0: to know. If you are a long-standing Marvel comic book fan, chances are you're going to go see it anyway. But yeah, if you're a Marvel comic book fan, go see it. You'll enjoy it. If you're like me, not a big comic book fan, and you're starting to get a little bit fatigued of these comic book movies and how there's not much tension in it, I would recommend uh, Deadpool. If you're not a comic book fan, I would recommend a film like Deadpool over this. (laughs) ladies and gentlemen thank you once again for taking the time to listen to us ramble on about nothing really nothing of any real consequence I feel the world has changed since we've talked yeah it's got darker (laughs) (laughs) once again thank you Haimo my partner in crime for being on they'll never catch us and uh, to our special guest Tim thank you very much for coming in thank you for having me guys and uh, we're going to be taking next weekend off I think we should have the uh, email address just before the sign off yeah if you uh, not that we we're running out of ideas on things to talk about no we we just want your input yeah but if you have any suggestions for us on topics you'd like to hear us cover email us tdh.show at gmail.com tweet at us tdh show where tdhs is in capitals h-o-w lowercase and uh thanks for listening we'll see you again soon